guess that there are some of you who may have listened to Monday's episode, the most Gen X Lennial podcast ever, and may have issue with the fact that I am over Me Too. Now, I explained a bit why, but let me explain a bit why more. So I'm going to take this back to 1999. May something of 1999 was my graduation day from the American Musical and Dramatic Academy in New York City, AMDA. So it was a musical theater school, a conservatory, probably the best two consecutive years of my life, adult-wise or young adult-wise. It was just amazing living and auditioning and being an actor in New York City and just feeling confident and hopeful for the future. So in 1999, on this May day, it was a beautiful day for graduation, I was wearing this cute little blue boat neck, 60s looking mod dress. And I took a few pictures on a 35 millimeter camera with some of my friends. And we never thought we would see or hear from each other again because the internet was new, but no one really had an email and no one really thought of using an email to keep up. We actually started finding each other on Friendster first before MySpace and then Facebook and it evolving into Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, everything else. So anyway, on this graduation day, my parents said, oh, we have a surprise for you. And I thought that they were going to help me, I don't know, get some furniture for an apartment or something. But they wanted to open a family business, which turned out to be this Italian cafe, which turned into a bar that I ran in my early 20s, which made me meet a person I should not have met. So they say you don't get thrown off your path, but there are so many forks in the path along the way that I feel that I took the wrong one at this point. And I met this person, and right after 9-11, this bar closed for some very crazy reasons, and I ended up in a relationship with this person. And our first date was two days before 9-11, and there was a bench that was pictured in the Daily News overlooking the pile That was the World Trade Center two days later. We had been sitting on that bench. It was just very weird and a very strange way to begin a relationship, just like a trauma bond immediately. So, you know, I had known him from my bar and I really didn't think of much of anyone drinking too much in my bar, but we all did. But I didn't know that this was sort of a way of life for him and also that he was going to be a bit abusive. So for many years, I took a lot, seven years. It's 2,555 days of a lot of emotions, up and downs, physical, mental, emotional highs and lows. 
And I finally, a few years back, got a chance to write about it in a book called Peace Over Pieces. And I told a small portion of my story and I did not get compensated for my story and I did not tell my story for attention. It was cathartic, but also re-traumatizing and triggering. But also, it's part of a nonprofit, Peace Over Pieces, is a nonprofit organization that helps men and women out of domestic violence situations. And I wanted my story to give hope because I talk about the spiritual connection. And that is kind of when the idea for Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X was birthed because I felt the need to talk about the good parts of the past like I was just talking about with the most millennial guys. Well, I thought I had taken a screenshot of someone calling me an icon for my statements saying that people who come forward 20 years later and it's a story where you were uncomfortable but not unsafe shouldn't be considered me too because there's a huge difference between someone being inappropriate and making you feel uncomfortable but you don't have to deal with that situation again maybe they misspoke maybe they don't know what makes you uncomfortable or maybe it really was very out of touch with what should have happened and inappropriate at that time but you should allow grace for that person to be able to apologize And this was in relation to when Chris Cuomo was fired from CNN, when this woman came forward and everyone started saying all of these things. But we found out that he had apologized immediately. And then without proof, they said that there was a woman who had come forward saying these SA allegations, but they never showed any of us proof. And the reason that I spoke about my experience and didn't name names or and I never will name names I should say ever is because my stories are true but they happened long before I was able to record anything voices get pictures you had to go out and buy additional equipment to make these things happen it doesn't make my stories any less true but the person involved in it can't defend themselves against what I'm saying. Maybe they don't even remember it happening, and I do. Because, you know, they were drinking and I wasn't, something like that. But I do want to share these things because I think it's important that we listen to each other's point of view. So I thought, well, there's really, you know, not proof of this inappropriateness, but he was fired anyway. And I'm like, you know, this really just diminishes... Women like Rihanna, for example, who we've seen pictures of the horrendous things done to her. And I mean, she's come through stronger. And she's a survivor. And now she invited Johnny Depp, another survivor of domestic violence, to be part of her fashion show. And a lot of her fans have mixed feelings about that. And I'm happy about that because I believe that Johnny Depp was the victim of the abuse. 
and you've never heard a bad word about him in Hollywood. And we've all been around long enough, all us Gen Xers, that we've seen the beginnings of careers like Johnny Depp's and George Clooney's and, you know, all of these men that they say are gentlemen in Hollywood. And then, of course, there was the Sex and the City scandal with Chris Noth. And this one also got me as weird because the woman said it wasn't until his character died that she remembered what happened. But what about all the years that the character was alive? And again, you know, it's hearsay until there's proof. And there's been plenty of people that have been accused of things, both men and women, by men and women that have been innocent. And I really just think that if you're going to make accusations, you need to carry the burden of proof with you because then it's just hearsay and you're trying to jump on the bandwagon of something that's supposed to be there to help and support men and women who have gone through very traumatic situations in their lives. And when you're talking about being uncomfortable by someone that you think is a creep, as opposed to being unsafe, meaning they're trying to get you alone, they're making you feel uncomfortable in front of a bunch of people with either words or movements or like touching you where no one else can see. Like I said, they're trying to get you away from other people so that they can have all of your attention, have you to themselves. They're trying to put you down in front of other people so that they can be the authority. And this goes for either men or women in a relationship. Abuse has no gender. So I felt that the Me Too movement had been a bit weaponized. And, you know, then I also think about what happened in in New York State to Chris Cuomo's brother, Andrew Cuomo, and where some of the things that, where people said they were, they felt uncomfortable, probably just could have been like, let's all take you know, the course on harassment in the workplace, it could have been dealt with like that. We heard laws were broken, but we don't know what laws were broken because the man was never given due process and then he resigned. And we saw the same with Al Franken. It was a photo, we don't really know the context, but he resigned. And here's how I feel. I feel that People make mistakes. I feel that people may say and do things sometimes that may offend us, and we may want to clear the air. But harassment is something that happens over and over again. It is to assert authority within a specific relationship, whether it's a mentor-mentee or a boss and a subordinate or a husband and wife, wife and wife, husband and husband, whatever it is, it's to establish power, the harassment of certain things. And when that's not the typical thing, when that's not the norm, and when you are now feeling uncomfortable around this person just thinking 
about having to walk into the office or stay in the relationship with the person because you now feel in your gut that it's wrong, that's harassment because it's taking your physical, mental, and emotional well-being and messing with it. A one-off stupid statement is just a one-off stupid inappropriate statement. And again, I feel that you have to allow grace for people to apologize. You don't have to have the same type of relationship with them again, and you never have to speak to them again if you don't want to. But I don't know. That's just my opinion on all of it. I just feel that we need to show burden of proof, whether it's video, voice recording, DNA, something like that. But we need to be able to understand your context because anyone can make an accusation. And I truly feel that before it's made public, especially with public officials or actors, you know, anyone who's a public figure and, and out there for the world, I feel like it should be kept private so that social media and you know, the world doesn't get to put them on trial by fire rather than finding out all of the facts first. But I know people want to leak things to the press because that shit sells. So all I'm saying is we really have to be careful of the information that we want to put out there in the world and how we want people to perceive us because we're all gonna be called liars for something by someone, especially if you're the one telling the truth. So I don't know if the men in this situation were lying or the women in this situation were lying. Of all of the ones except for Johnny Depp, that's really truly the only person I believed because his verbiage was so similar to mine. But that we all have to be more responsible with instead of condemning people immediately, either the woman as being a dumb victim who put herself in that situation or condemning the man as a horrible predator before we know the facts, is we do need to learn the facts. That's why I think it would be better for these things to be kept private until they're resolved. But that's not really easy to do, especially in the day of all of this technology. I mean, we can literally tweet a video in 10 seconds and the whole world can see it if, if we want them to. So the thing with the Me Too movement is I'm tired of it because I feel that these stories of he or she made me uncomfortable in this situation and I have to now ruin their life diminishes what real victims have gone through who have literally had their lives stolen and destroyed on many levels, financially, physically, emotionally, mentally. Some of us are very incapable of living life the way we used to before the, the abuse happened. And my personal wish is that it would be fair and that no one would use the Me Too movement against someone for revenge.
same as you shouldn't revenge porn people by texting out any intimate pictures you may have of them. You know, if you want to get back at someone, don't. Or use your words. But don't physically try to attack someone or don't use your words and your public platform to destroy someone because you're angry at something that someone else would consider very minuscule. Like for me, if you didn't have bruises and cuts and end up in a hospital and end up with a nervous breakdown and end up having to find a plan to flee your house in the middle of the night and hide, you had it good. I wouldn't wish what I went through on anyone. And if you check out the book Peace Over Pieces, you could get it on Amazon Books. All proceeds go to peaceoverpieces.org. So it's a nonprofit organization to help victims of domestic violence. Listen to those stories. I've called them little lifetime movies, but they're real. We had to run and escape and plan and live in fear. And that was what Me Too was supposed to be for me. And it turned into a way to hurt people more instead of help. This is my opinion. I'm a 46, almost 47-year-old Gen Xer that's been through 500 lives in less than 50 years, it feels like. So you don't have to agree with my opinion, but I'm glad that you listened to it.